Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It is Friday. I'm so happy the weekend is here. I get to relax. Not really, not really, Well, but uh, slightly less work than I normally would do throughout the week. Again, don't forget to get some TNT merch. I got my TNT coffee mug, jumbo coffee mug right here, and uh, send us a donation to support uh our work, uh, one listener wrote me today saying they they were having trouble. I guess uh, PayPal is what TNT um, uses. I, I gather that's that's the only option we have for now. But if you if you have issues, send uh, us a, a mail and we'll see what we can do. Uh, we've got a first time guest for me coming up first hour, Michael Gladkoff out of Australia, who's written a fantastic uh, book titled which i'm reading right now speaking for freedom the leader's guide to promoting life liberty and limited government and uh james roguski is coming on second hour had him on my podcast not too long ago but he's he's uh he's a workhorse he's uh if you follow his work on his Substack, he's uh on every um you know podcast radio program he can be on uh speaking against the world homicide organizations agenda so he's doing fantastic work what's happening on the planet um Neboj Shamalic my Serbian American friend I should probably get him back on it's been a while uh he had a you know I'm looking at the telegrams and the Twitters uh, today and and Neboj Shah he used to work for RT he says um he posted something interesting on his telegram quote the decline and fall of the globalist American empire gay g-a-e I've also appropriated that for my podcast, uh, Geopolitics and Empire, gay, G-A-E. May sound like a meme, but I assure you it's all too real. It's actually happening. It may already be too late to stop it, assuming there is political will and skill to do so, which I also doubt. But don't make the mistake of assuming Russia or China will try to replace the globalist American empire, as neocon and neolib fear mongers keep claiming they don't want to. And they don't have to. The very idea behind multipolarity is that the world needs no hegemon. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, we're all about to find out, perhaps sooner than many people expected. I would just add, in my view, I think he's correct, but I think beyond this current um, you know, switcheroo we're about to see from the from the globalist American empire to whatever else is coming our way. I think we are looking at a global hegemon, world world government, um, right? And, and so a lot of people don't factor that in. I, I think that's where we are headed. And I, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm wondering if multipolarity will actually be paving the way towards that world federation, aka world government. Dmitry Medvedev tweets out yesterday, as opposed to what the US president has said, the existential threat is not climate, but the useless old geezers like Biden himself who have become senile and are ready to start war against Russia. Um, and another fantastic tweet from past TNT guest of mine, Pastor Henry Heldebrandt up in Canada, who um, suffered per persecution from the Canadian regime. Uh, he's quote tweeting Tamara Leach. She was one of the people leading the Freedom Convoy. 
uh, in Canada, Tamara says, can someone please explain to me how we went from locking down everyone everywhere in order to save every life on the planet to made so our public health can help our most vulnerable populations die? You know, made is the program in Canada where you're if you're a citizen of Canada now, you can just sign up, and have the government kill you if you just if you're having a bad day. And Pastor Hildebrandt says it was never about saving lives, lives, just tyrannical control to herd the populace towards genocide one way or the other. Um, also, Freedom Convoy organizer is suing Ottawa for using the Emergencies Act to freeze accounts. So one of the main um, organizers, Chris Barber, is suing the Canadian government for freezing his and others uh, bank accounts, social credit system style arguing it breached his charter rights to protest COVID-1984 mandates. He owns a trucking company in Saskatchewan, uh, and he filed a statement of claim in Court of King's Bench in Saskatoon. So hopefully he is successful. Let's hope he's successful. And Judith Curry, um, climate expert, she points to a new uh, peer-reviewed article titled Seasonal Temperatures in West Antarctica During the Holocene. And she says there's a lot of hype about possible collapse of the West Antarctic ice sheet from global warming. Well, it turns out the West Atlantic, uh, West Antarctic ice sheet was much warmer 4,100 years ago. It has been cooling ever since. The science, science. AT&T says outage that we talked about yesterday, you know, solar flares and all that stuff, the cell networks that went down. AT&T says outage was caused by software update. Not cyber attack, but DHS and FBI are investigating. Who knows? I don't trust DHS or the FBI or the mainstream media. So this could be a cover story. It could have been a dry run for Cyber Polygon. Of course, not all government agencies are in on it. So you, you'll probably have, um, you know, if whoever's planning this cyber false flag, it's just a small black ops team. The rest of the government apparatus won't know what's going on so they'll be you know scratching their heads solar flare software update um what else could it be solar flare software update um yeah uh we've also got more balloons military tracking high altitude balloon flying over western us i think they're just trolling us um i i always think of patrick mcguhan in, in the prisoner if you've seen that cult classic tv show where a giant white balloon uh, if you try to escape the village, the island, you're chased by this giant surveillance balloon. I think that's what they're doing with us. They're trolling us. They're telling us you're now on the, the, the in the village. You're not going anywhere. We, we got the white balloons flying um, uh, around. And just one more crazy story. City officials um, in Illyria Township, Ohio, are warning residents to stockpile supplies and stay at home during the total solar eclipse in April, again, is something that's right when the Civil War movie comes out in April. Are they preparing us for something? Uh, I do not know, but for a complete list of shows and our schedule offered on TNT, simply visit tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction, truth from propaganda, keeping you in the loop on today's News Talk TNT. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, have for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
a journalist accused of leaking videos of former Fox News personality Tucker Carlson was charged on Thursday with 14 federal crimes related relating to computer hacking. The media giant here with the story joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Herbori. Uh, headline, Florida man. That's right. That's where he was arrested. So technically, it's a Florida man headline, but like none other that you've ever seen. Uh, this is one Timothy Burke, aged 45. He was charged with one count of conspiracy, six counts of accessing a protected computer without authorization, and seven counts of intercepting or disclosing wire, oral, or electronic communications. Mr. Burke faces up to 62 years in federal prison if convicted on all counts. Pretty serious stuff here. Burke was released on the condition that he that he severs contact with his alleged co-conspirator. There was another person involved. The Department of Justice stated that Burke and his co-conspirator, quote, secured and used compromised credentials, usernames and passwords to gain unauthorized access to protected computers owned or used by the victim entities, end quote. The indictment said Burke and the co-conspirator who were able to steal unaired Tucker Carlson video clips by hacking into StreamCo, a U.S.-based online media streaming company used by Fox News. Federal prosecutors accused Burke and the co-conspirator of obtaining and stealing StreamCo proprietary information from its website and then, quote, used that stolen StreamCo proprietary information to intercept, download, and save the StreamCo broadcaster customers' streams, end quote. The suspects allegedly stole video of Tucker Carlson caught on a hike hot mic moment after the Tucker Carlson Tonight Show had ended. This was the Fox show that he did. Uh, in May 2023, left-wing Media Matters published candid videos of Carlson interacting with Fox News staff. The videos were leaked a month after Fox News fired uh, Carlson. Unaired video clips from Tucker's interview with Kanye West surfaced online in October 2022. Vice, uh, who I hear is having some trouble, uh, but their technology blog Motherboard published the videos. Um, the article that they published uh, at the time says, quote, Fox News recently aired a two-part interview between Tucker Carlson and Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Motherboard has obtained portions of the interview that were edited out of the final broadcast. These include numerous anti-Semitic sentiments from Ye, a strange and lengthy digression about fake children he claimed were planted in his house to manipulate his own children, and a statement that he's vaccinated against COVID-19, end quote. Uh, Burke's lawyers, Mark Rash and Michael Maddox, said in a statement, quote, this investigation apparently began after former Fox News personality Tucker Carlson's interview with Kanye West, in which Mr. Carlson heavily edited out racist and anti-Semitic remarks by West. These reprehensible remarks were exposed by Mr. Burke's intrepid and perfectly legal reporting on the information he found in public sources on websites accessible without any user IDs or password credentials, end quote. 
Ah, interesting. Burke's lawyers sent a letter to an assistant U.S. attorney in July of 2023 that read, quote, it was embarrassing because Mr. Burke was able to find and expose information about the Carlson West interview, end quote, adding that Fox News, quote, was embarrassed because it had made those feeds available to the public in a way that Mr. Burke could and did find them and disseminate them, end quote. Uh, Before entering the courthouse on Thursday, Maddox told the Tampa Bay Times, quote, it's not hacking. It's just good investigative journalism. We obviously and fanatically deny these charges and we're looking forward to the opportunity to defend him and exonerate him. Uh, end quote. So they say he didn't hack into it. Uh, I also had caught an article, I believe it was from Daily Mail, so take it with a grain of salt, saying that the accused, uh, Mr. Burke, is actually seeking uh, some help from uh, Kanye West to uh, help pay for his defense. I don't know uh, if that's true or not, but that was the latest I heard about this. But what do you think about all this? Well, you know, uh, those clips that he may have that he unearthed, I mean, it's kind of cool getting stuff like that. But, you know, if you're hacking, if you're going to play with fire, you're going to get burned. But then, you know, there are laws related to that. But as you say, you know, it was interesting. I guess that's going to be hashed out in court where, you know, Brooks lawyers claim he used publicly available live streaming sites where Fox uploaded unencrypted footage uh, and as you mentioned you know the, they claim the journalist received login credentials from an unrestricted demo account from a source who found them publicly online so you know that i think that's got to be hashed out in court I, I i don't know you know if you know if you as cool as hacking certain things might be um you know it, it is illegal you know who, who would like to be hacked into i i wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> and so um that'll again that'll be hashed out in court and um it, it also reminded me of this story uh, I was going to mention Avast the antivirus company they were fined 16.5 million for hacking into users data uh they were caught storing and selling customer info without their consents and uh they're getting fined now as well if you know effectively if you ask me they were hacking us or whoever uses antiviruses you know rob braxman the tech expert says don't use antivirus there's really no need to use antivirus and it's just the spyware it's just scanning your computer uh and um taking that data and giving it to the globalists and the transnational corporations so again we something we have to be concerned about privacy and surveillance uh any other thoughts that, that you have was he an ethical a hacker is he a white hat uh, as we say it has yet to be proven as you said in a court of law that he actually hacked anything so you know we have two sides of the story one saying one thing the other saying the other uh and considering who the one side is accusing him of hacking i guess if i have to flip a coin and choose which one i believe i'm going to take his side until i see otherwise yeah. innocent until proven guilty the American way, at least that's how it used to be. Today, you're guilty until proven innocent, but you're right, Ruckus. We need to hold to our American traditions of, um, you know, innocent until proven guilty. So we'll see, you know, it would 60 years. I mean, and for those clips who, which are not really 
very meaningful. Uh, 62 years would, would suck in federal prison. Uh, all right, catch up with you in a bit. Ruckus, we got Michael Gladkoff of speakingforfreedom.com joining us. We'll be right back. TNT's Jason Olborn. Al Gore can't get a single thing right, and yet he gets another chance, for example, to uh, come out and tell us that if we don't do this, we're all going to be dead. And yet now we're learning that uh, in Ireland, for example, they're going to slaughter 200,000 cattle for the climate. I mean, aren't they doing it to us anyway, one way or another, whether we they pretend that we're heating up the world, we're all going to burn out, or if we starve, isn't it the same result that, they, that they're setting out to do? Well, this has got nothing to do with climate. It's got nothing to do with the environment. Uh, this is a new scam, and it's a case of follow the money. Al Gore has become a multi-billionaire from frightening, frightening people witless about a mythical climate change. And if you only looked into the past, you'd see that the variation that we're currently enjoying today is far less than previous variations. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. Without CO2, the world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Joining us on the Rebel Transmission is Michael Gladkoff, who was first inspired by a political speaker when he saw Ronald Reagan speak in San Diego, California during the 1980 U.S. presidential campaign. He's a professional speechwriter and persuasive communications expert who has written speeches for business and government leaders since 2005. Uh, I'm reading right now his fantastic book uh, titled Speaking for Freedom, The Leader's Guide to Promoting Life, Liberty, and Limited government his website is speakingforfreedom.com welcome back to tnt michael oh thank you great to be here i i think you've been on uh once before i was on a couple of times chris smith and george christensen as well who's a okay. former senator in australia yeah and i just came across your work um recently uh and i'm i'm enjoying your um book uh oh, and, great. yeah and and uh you know one thing that you write uh, about there, uh, and I, I feel, you know, I'm reading your book and I'm looking at it like, I, I feel exactly the same way. And right off the bat, you you write that you were inspired by your grandfather who fought communism in, in the Russian Civil War. Um, and my grandfather was a Nazi prisoner. Okay. Uh, you know, my, and Interesting, my uncle yeah. fought 
Yeah, my uncle fought the Serbian invasion amidst the collapse of communist Yugoslavia. He's still alive. Mm -hmm. And you said that you heard stories of your father and grandparents and developed an intense curiosity for studying the history of freedom. Mm -hmm. And I, that same thing happened to me. I became obsessed with freedom uh, and tyranny. And if you could tell us a bit more about uh, your obsession with uh, freedom. Okay, definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, I've I just been doing some research in the family, and it was my my great uh, grandfather who was, uh, you know, from what, what is now Ukraine, it's a, a town called Ismail. It, it used to be part of Romania, and he became a famous opera singer in uh, the Russian Empire. And his son, my grandfather, uh, was a uh, first he was a a classical pianist and a composer. And he later became a pre orthodox priest later in life and uh yeah they saw so much things in their life as far as you know him 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 being in the, the civil war fighting against communism he almost died during that time he got really sick um and someone took him in uh during the civil war i think it was like typhus or something and then he was sort of because his parents were well off you know, they weren't nobility or anything, but they were well off sort of middle class in the Russian Empire after the revolution. You know, they basically lost everything. And, um, uh, you know, they were basically persecuted and, and he was sort of on a blacklist. But he, I mean, he did start working as a composer and a conductor in the 1930s in Kiev. There's a, a uh, film studio there that he worked at. But but later on, what happened was, you know, they were taken prisoner by the Germans to work in Germany. Well, not in Germany, one of the countries in Eastern Europe in a factory. My um, grandparents and my aunt and my, my dad was separated from them when he was a teenager. And luckily, they, they were able to get out and ended up in Bavaria after World War Two. And they made the way to the United States uh, three years later. And so that, that sort of. Um um i guess sparked you know I, I think that's important um again because i'm european um we've got that history of of tyranny uh as as well and so um you you put together this book and you know my, my next sort of question for you would be to get your thoughts on the st state of the world today but early on in your book you sort of touch on that you write quote as i was completing the book i watched the enemies of freedom and free speech burn cities, loot businesses, attack government buildings, and commit election fraud. Many of these rioters want to retry the socialist experiment that has failed so many times with the belief that this time it will be different. Um, and in, in addition, they aim to end the tradition of free speech that developed over many centuries uh, in the West. And th that kind of sort of, I think, encapsulates part of it, you know, I'm still in shock that in the Western world, we're lo losing our freedoms. We saw what happened with COVID. A lot of us people are being debanked now for no mm -hmm. reason whatsoever. Uh, you know, I'm uh, the DHS banned me from PayPal. I was singled out. And so just stuff like this, I just I'm still the hair is still standing on the back of my neck. I'm like, I can't believe this is going on. Many people have been warning about this and the general public doesn't really seem, seem to care. They're happy with their fast food and Netflix, but sort of your your thoughts on, on where we're at. Yeah, I, can, I definitely see it. Well, I, you know, I, I've sort of, you know, been studying this for a while and, and COVID was something that, you know, maybe heightened my interest, but I, I was into that way before because I studied um, libertarianism um, going back to the mid 80s. I was 
in a school called the Free Enterprise Institute. It was led by a man named Andrew Galambos. He was from uh, Hungary, uh, sort of a you know fringe libertarian guy, but it was interesting. You know, in my twenties, it was intriguing. It was a bit you know it was sort of a bit cultish at the time, but uh, it was good education because he told good stories and he he was you know he really knew about communism and, and freedom and. So th that influenced me as well, besides seeing Reagan speak. But yeah, as far as what's going on today, I mean, the, co the whole COVID thing just sort of was, was uh, you know, fat speeding up the whole process. Because I think it was going on for, for a long time before that. And I think sort of like Reagan, you know, even though he wasn't perfect, he was a bit of a hiatus in that, uh, you know, and he sort of brought that up. He, you know, he's the one that was really strongly pro-freedom, anti-communist, uh, people like Reagan and Thatcher. But I think just, you know, one of the problems, I think, is the prosperity in the Western nations. People have had it good for so long that, and they don't realize the history of, uh, you know, how people have lost that in the past that, that like I said, it's repeating itself. So, um, yeah, I've, I've seen crackdowns, you know, people like, um, our, you know, our prime ministers from both sides of politics here weren't really very helpful at all. So it was not a big difference between, you know, what we have here is uh, the Labour Party and the Liberal Party uh, was not really, you know, that helpful. The one was just, you know, slightly worse than, than the other. So, you know, I see it as a, I, I think, you know, I see it as a way that, you know, freedom needs to be protected. And if, if you just let it go and not think about it and just let things go the way they are, that it's going to deteriorate, you know, just like anything else, like if you have a yard or, you know, a yard at your house. If you don't take care of it, it's going to, it's going to grow weeds, and it's going to become, uh, you know, over time, it's just going to get ruined. So I think it needs to be really fought for and uh, promoted ongoing. And that's why I wrote the wrote the book to help people promote freedom in a spoken format, a written format, giving them ideas on how to be more persuasive. No, I, th I think you're exactly right. You know, like anything that needs to be maintained, a car, uh, a home, freedom needs to be maintained. Uh, repaired. And if it's not, the evil people are going to take over with their new uh, systems. And like I said, you know, many people that I've spoken to, it feels like we're in Lord of the Rings. Like this is really the battle of the century. Uh, now we haven't seen tyranny of this kind in a long, long time. Uh, it's, it's time for our headlines, Michael. We will be right back. Okay, sure. Time to read some news. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Attorneys for former President Donald Trump have requested the dismissal of his Florida classified documents case, claiming presidential immunity should protect him from prosecution. A report from San Diego State University, commissioned by Representative Scott Peters, has identified a public health crisis in the San Diego border area due to contaminated sewage from Mexico entering California. The U.S. Department of Justice has charged four individuals with smuggling Iranian-made weapons to the Houthi group in Yemen. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. We continue our chat with Michael Gladkoff, his website, speakingforfreedom.com. And he's got a really good book titled Speaking for Freedom, The Leader's Guide to Promoting Life, Liberty, and Limited Limited Government. And I think particularly partic particularly useful for uh, people in independent and alternative media uh, as well, whether you've got a podcast, a blog, a substack, 
um or whether you just you know tweets maybe you've got a telegram channel um i think the book has a lot of um good advice on how to effectively get our message across you also mentioned in your book toastmasters which is a good um organization and when i used to teach here in mexico we had a toastmasters club which i was for a time involved in uh with it with the students uh and i think early on you said um you, you participated in, in toastmasters and that you know some of your peers were 20 or 30 years older you were a bit intimidated but yeah you know you 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 learn uh you know, that's how it is you know i was forced to take i remember now this just came to me um in my undergrad studies in illinois i studied history and education but the first year you have to take general courses right uh and i was forced to take public speaking class and i got like physically ill uh but um i did such a good job when i finally spoke in front of the class that i made everyone laugh everyone was just okay. laughing uh and so you you learn you know you learn how to do this my first yeah. show on tnt i got physically sick here's here's behind the scenes i got physically sick afterwards because i'd never done live radio but now it's like it's it's, it's super easy and so your, your thoughts on uh toastmasters uh yeah. and, and 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 uh yeah Oh, definitely. Yeah, I started it was in the mid 80s. I was still in university. And um, what they do is in Toastmasters, you have what's called the basic manual and you go through each part of a speech like one one assignment, one speech will be the, like to organize your speech. Another one will be to, uh, you know, use more vocal variety. Another one would be to use gestures. So you, you get 10 different aspects of public speaking in that manual and, and in the beginning. So I did that and I, I completed a few more and I, I was in it a total of more than 20 years off and on. So, and then when I moved to Australia, I joined a group, joined a group here and I, I've had a lot of fun. I was in speech contests, uh, humorous speech co contests, which I thought I would never do. And I, I won that um, at my local level uh, and, and uh, went up to the area level. So it's really a, a great way to develop those skills and after that with that knowledge i think i wrote about over the years before uh around 60 speeches before i started my business you know writing speeches for others and that led me to to write a lot of speeches for business people and some politicians and it gave me really a really a solid uh foundation to understand persuasion and public speaking by doing it all, all myself and learning through experience how have things changed in this digital age? You know, you mentioned people like Churchill, who you say uh, would spend two hours on a single paragraph. And I used mm -hmm. to study and teach history. Uh, and I was really, I would put myself in the shoes of these people a century ago. And, you know, speeches were of great importance. But today it's like we've got, we're inundated with information. And I feel sometimes, um, written content or other you know digital audio content um it's kind of lost its value because there's so much uh, exactly, of it yeah. and and it seems like you know it's not like a century ago listening to a speech by churchill is like powerful because you know there's no tv no radio but today it's like you got to drown this stuff out and it seems to me the the form of content uh, that we're getting principally is still written content right? Whether mm -hmm. it's on Twitter or blogs or Substacks or articles and audio in particular, uh, more so, and then video beyond that, how th does this sort of change, um, 
the game in any way you know, how, how do you sort of see the landscape today compared to the 20th century yeah I, I, there's so much stuff out there and before i know before people spent a lot of time preparing you no know, speech or a radio program i know you you looks like you prepared a lot for today which is great uh or you know just having a youtube video a lot of it's sort of ad lib but you know the, the greatest speeches in history and even the greatest speeches today you can tell that they're carefully crafted and written and and i think um given given the amount of content out there and the amount of competition i think using some of these tools can help you stand out especially today for instance in uh, in chapter six of my book i talk about figures of, of speech and i talk about 30 of them uh various ones like um you know simile metaphor I think figures of repetition, like one's called an Afro, which Winston Churchill used in his great speech in June 1940. You know, we shall fight them on the beaches, we shall fight them on the landing grounds, where you repeat the beginning clause of those. And I know that, like, um, you know, copywriters might use a handful of those, um, you know, figures of speech, maybe five or 10 subconsciously. But, I, you know, in that book, I have around 30 of them that are used commonly in speeches. And you can use those in headlines, um, you know, taglines, slogans, social media, really capture attention, you know, either through repetition. Another one's called antithesis. Um, uh, uh, give me liberty or give me death, you know, where you, where you balance two opposites. And all these, you know, they're really sticky techniques. And Shakespeare, uh, during Shakespeare's time, they learned around, um, you know, 200 figures of speech, and he he used very many in his plays. And most of the memorable things we know from Shakespeare, and also from the um, King James version of the Bible. You know, one is called. You know, if you think of I, um, I have been a stranger in a strange land. That's one called a polyptoton, where you repeat um, a word in two different senses. So, stranger in, in strange land, and it's, it's very memorable. Those type of te techniques are very memorable. So that's one way to, uh, you know, really stand out and be be persuasive is, is to use those uh, techniques of persuasion. The other one thing I write about is uh, just simplicity, being very simple. And you, you'll notice that, uh, you know, in, in uh, Politics and in English Language by George Orwell, if you've read it, he talks about how, you know, socialists and, and people that want big government, they always complicate things and make things very complex, you know, trying to confuse people. And uh, keeping a language very simple is a way to connect with people and be, you know, be truthful. So I think those, those, those just those two things, you know, the figures of speech and the, and the, and the simple language can go a long way in being more persuasive and standing out in a, a really crowded marketplace. Yeah, I sort of learned that over the years when it comes to simple speech, just having to live in different countries uh, with different languages and people who were English was not their first language. And you just sort of learn that you have to break things down for different audiences. Um, and yeah, we shall fight them on the landing grounds. You, you know, uh, that was later immortalized in, in many ways, but, you know, in, the, in, in an Iron Maiden song. And you, you think of people the the churchill's eisenhower with his military industrial congressional complex speech or or jfk and it just feels like today the quality would you say the quality of of our politics i think i think you know the quality of our politicians in general have declined but also their their intellect i think i've read studies where in the us in particular you you, you can track the level of speech language that's used by presidents 
has been declining. Uh, and then, you know, we get Biden and, and Trump and, you know, whatever one thinks of Trump, I still think he's not the most, you know, intellectual sort of person. Uh, could could Biden uh, or Trump learn a, a thing from you? What do you think of the state of our uh, politicians today? Yeah, like the, there's no way like someone like a Churchill, you know, or like a Lincoln who, who uh, you know, were steeped in that type of language for instance, or, or Reagan, you know, Reagan, you know, they, they try to cut him down, especially, you know, the propaganda media when he was president, they try to say he was stupid and uneducated, but he was, you know, highly educated, well-read. He read, he read Austrian economics in the 1950s and he changed his beliefs. So, you know, those, those, I guess it's the type of education you have and the type of reading you do as well. You know, for instance, you know, I don't think someone Today's politicians do a lot of reading, and if, if you're in that language, if you're steeped in something like the King James Bible or Shakespeare, and you're you're just around that type of language, then it'll affect the way you write and speak. Uh, so, but you know, there's speechwriters out there, and I think, like in the case of Trump, I mean, he gave some great speeches that were written for him, which most politicians do, like the one he gave in Poland about Western civilization. And that used a lot of those techniques that I talked about, those figures of speech and he told stories. And, um, you know, I thought that was a very good speech, but off the cuff, I mean, he, he's more of a, you know, typical someone from, from that part of New York where they're, they're very, you know, forceful and, and, and they don't hold back. So, I mean, that's his natural style. And I think that works for, for, for Trump in certain ways, but yeah, that, that sort of a classical oratory school, that was part of the past. I think that's a bit missing. And that's what I'm trying to bring, bring back a bit to help people with these ideas and techniques. And another thing I talk about more on the, you know, macro level is, is Aristotle's uh, persuasion, his modes of persuasion, which is uh, ethos, pathos, and logos. Ethos is your credibility. Pathos is emotion and logos is, is logic. So balancing those as well. So you can't really be, you know, too logical. Too many facts and figures will, will bore people, but you want to keep some of those in. Um, your credibility is important, but in the end, it's really the emotional part. So telling stories, I think, is, uh, you know, really an effective part of, of uh, public speaking and persuasion, whether it's a video, speech, or an article. Yeah, sometimes I get asked about that in the conspiracy world. You know, how do you tell the normies about certain subjects? And as you just point out my answers in the past have alluded to you have to have some credibility right um, yeah not just some wacky theory on some forum so you play the credibility card um and like you said you can't just throw facts at people that won't do anything uh, and then you need the, the, that's what the emotion that there is there for um and i, I just kind of get sad what you mentioned how a lot of politicians have speeches written for them you know if i recall eisenhower he participated uh, in that military industrial complex speech. He was involved, um, but, but I kind of, I'm not happy with this idea where in general, if for a politician, let's say a Trump or someone that the speeches are largely written for someone, you know, if I were a politician and, you know, there's the issue of time, but I would respect more a figure if they had some input, in, especially yeah. into the ideas uh, being put out in, in the speech um, just any thoughts like in today's world, are our, our most politicians, did they have the speeches written for them uh, or or 
are there some that get more involved in this process? Okay, yeah. Well, well I think like I'll give you an example. Uh, Reagan, when he was he, he was always a, you know he developed his speaking skills. He was a radio announcer in his early twenties. Then he went on went on to acting, and uh, he spoke for General Electric for uh, I think it was around ten years. He went to all their factories and did their General Electric theater on TV. So he he was an accomplished speaker and writer, and uh, he he uh, he compiled that in the. Um, a time for choosing speech, which was in 1964 when he was promoting uh, Barry Goldwater, which is a great speech. It was sort of his breakout speech. And when he reached a certain point, like president or, you know, or governor, it became, you know, too much work for him to write his own speeches. But he had, he had a big a big input into those. So he would tell people what, what he wanted, like sit down in an interview with a speechwriter and they'd come back with a speech. But then he would he would do a lot of editing. So a lot of changing. If it didn't feel right for him, and same with Margaret Thatcher, she was the same. Basically, um, I have a little story in there towards the beginning of my book where I talk about she was, you know, editing a speech at the last minute that she was giving at some event. So you know, she was very hands on, and you know, these people when they worked up in their life, they they learned to do the speaking and writing at an earlier age, and when they became to those levels of high, you know, higher power, they they turned it over to speech writers, but they still had a, an input. But today, I think. Um, you know, some of the leaders today, I'm re I really don't know. I haven't researched it that much, but, but I know, um, you know, they're probably not giving as much input into it. You know, it's being written for them, but then it goes up onto the teleprompter and they, they haven't had as much input into it. I um, would really like to know uh, about Joe Biden's speech right because we're we're seeing a lot of the stuff that's coming out of his mouth. It's just yeah, gobbly, exactly. Gobbledygook. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th I think like, um, you know, um, it really, you had to be a good presenter as well, a good at reading the script and presenting it from, you know, from the stage. And I think someone like, you know, you know, like Obama was good at that. You know, that's why people think he's a great speaker, but he didn't really write a lot of his stuff. And and the funny thing is, when his teleprompter broke, he'd be struggling. Yeah, and that goes to another point that I want to ask you about, which which you touch on, which is the feeding of the mind, uh, which you can tell which politician has not been doing his uh, homework uh, and, and and which has. It's time for our break. Again, the website, speakingforfreedom.com, and the book is Speaking for Freedom, The Leader's Guide to Promoting Life, Liberty, and Limited Government. We'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. There's an old Southern proverb here in the United States that the ones doing the accusing are usually the ones doing the doing. The bard put it a little more eloquently, methinks thou doth protest too much. But pretty much any time you see people smearing Donald Trump, for example, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar that they're the ones that are guilty from everything of which they accuse him. Starting war, being a dictator on day one, all of the lies heaped upon Donald Trump, all the fear-mongering, all the panic they're trying to engender. We're, we have to save democracy. How exactly? By destroying democracy? By being totalitarian? By breaching civil rights? No. I'm sticking with Granny on the front porch. Those doing the accusing are usually those doing the doing. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea. For today's News Talk, 
TNT. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong, some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. This is the Hervoy Morit Show on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. It's our final segment with Michael Gladkoff of speakingforfreedom.com. And he's got a great, very useful book called Speaking for Freedom, which um, I think anyone, again, in independent alternative media, or if you've got a podcast, Substack, blog, this will be very useful for you. If you're a teacher like I was, maybe at some point I'll, I'll go back to teaching again. Who knows? Uh, but there's something you talk about feeding the mind. And I've been asked about this by podcasters in the past. I've had podcasters that just wanted me to give them my cheat sheet, all this, like all the all the the best books and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you 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 have to do the reading. You know, there you, you know, I've been look the this is just a poor portion of my library right behind me, but you gotta do the dirty work, you know, to to get that foundation uh, of knowledge from with from which then you can draw, uh, right? And I feel like today, again, in the digital age, people are reading less. They're just on the Twitter sphere, on the YouTubes. Uh, any thoughts about uh, the importance of feeding the mind? And, and as well as what you talk about, the um, the rich traditions of Western civilization. Okay, definitely, yeah. And I, um, I think it's very important because the more you read, just the more ideas you generate. Like for me, I listen, I really listen to a lot of audio books and I do read but as a writer i'm on the screen all day so by the end of the day i, I don't want to be looking at something so i tend to listen to a lot of audiobooks and it really does create a solid foundation and things like um you know no podcasts are okay but really going back to the sources of that information and and over the years just getting all those ideas and that's really the idea for my book or you know the ability to write my book uh came from reading a lot of other books on persuasive speaking and writing. It's not that I'm plagiarizing, but I'm just, I'm sort of getting ideas and, and coming up, you know, re reinventing them or, or reintegrating those ideas into my own experience, which makes that happen. And like I said before, just, you know, just the language of, of things like classical literature, being exposed to that, uh, storytelling, we learn, you know, through reading, we learn storytelling, especially, you know, good, good fiction, like the classics. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of, uh, you know, older literature. I read a lot of, uh, you know, things like Charles Dickens, uh, a lot of the Russians, Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, Chekhov. I re read all that just to really get ideas on literature uh, going back. And, you know, there's, there's some more modern things that I really like, too, as well, that, that really influenced me. And I, I, you know, I tend to read a lot of um, uh, nonfiction or listen to a lot of nonfiction books, but it constantly gives me ideas or 
you know, just putting things together, connecting ideas. Because interesting, I was I was listening to an audio book by um, one of the works by um, Carl Jung, the psychologist, and he talks about something called the, um, the you know, like a utopian golden age myth that people have. Like we're going to create a golden age, and I, I could see that like as a way of sort of comparing to what's going on now, you know, especially things like climate change and, you know, communism, people think, oh, we're going to create a golden age. You know, it's really bad now. If we don't change what we're doing now, it's going to be the end of the world. So we need to, you know, get rid of carbon. We need to get rid of capitalism. People think they're going to create a golden age. And that, that that's really uh, been going on for, for, for ages where people think that way. So getting these ideas, like not, not just persuasion, but learning about history, another Another one that I listened to uh, during COVID when I had a lot of time was Decline of the West by Oswald Spengler. And that really opened up a lot of uh, interesting, you know, sort of connections and ideas about how he beat society and uh, what's going on right now. So just getting the whole context and knowing history, especially if you're, you're debating with people, you know, if, if someone come up to, comes up to you and starts debating or if you're in a debate with somebody, and you can tell a story from history or you know something that refutes their uh, their argument, you're much stronger. Really, the only way to do that is reading. I mean, you can do it. You can learn through podcasts and videos, but, you know, you're sort of just getting getting a lighter version of those ideas. Um, so for me, just keep, keep on reading uh, and getting getting exposed to new ideas. The problem for me is finding the time to get some of the books uh, on the pile to get to some of the books on the pile behind me yeah, yeah you definitely. mentioned some of the, the the russian writers you know i loved them um, i read uh, long ago master and margarita mm -hmm. by bulgakov uh yevgeny zamyatin who wrote we yeah which is like the original 1984 everyone's talking about orwell who you know in 1948 published 1984 and then huxley in the 30s brave yeah. new world but yevgeny zamyatin published we i think in the early 1920s if i'm not um, I'm mistaken. Yeah, there was another interesting book that I read. It was called, by Jules Verne. It's called Paris in the uh, 20th Century. It's about a, like a young man who has a humanities degree and he studies poetry and humanities. And uh, he, he doesn't fit into the society because he's you know educated in the you know sort of humanities and is he, he goes to work for a bank and he hates it. And he ends up, uh, I won't give away, give away this story, but it's a sad ending uh, if you want to read it. I, I, it's, it's available in paperback, but I couldn't find it in you know, Kindle or audiobook. Uh, Jules Verne, uh, uh, Paris in the 20th Century, which is yeah, a dystopian. I've, I've, I've read of that. So I haven't read Jules Verne, but now I'm adding that to my list. Yeah, so it's an earlier, I think it was written like in the 1890s. So it's supposed to be like 100 years from now. And it was a dystopian novel about, you know, uh, an educated person, uh, how how they would live in the uh, hundred years from from that time, but it was just, you know pretty sad. We'll have to we'll, we'll have to check that out and and maybe to get your thoughts as well. Um, you know, when it comes to communication, um, the state of play today, we've got a lot of censorship, right? So people's um, YouTube channels are being taken down. Uh, you know. Twitter, social media accounts, and it's making difficult. It's making it difficult for people to get the the message of freedom uh, across. Uh, and again, like I mentioned, some people are having their bank accounts shut as a result in the Western world. Your sort of thoughts on the environment that we're uh, in? Yeah, I think it's pretty bad, and it just um, 
you know, one answer is just to create like a parallel economy or create your own things, you know, and build them up. You know, I know there's Rumble and there's other alternatives and there's alternatives to PayPal and other payment systems. So I think it's going to take time, but, you know, creating these alternatives where you're not subject to being canceled, uh, you know, and language wise, I think, um, you know, and like I said, just being knowledgeable and being, being um, persuasive will help you. Uh, if if you have a right platform, or or if you can get on a platform where you, where you're not going to experience that cancellation, so I think that's very important as far as uh, you know creating something different. I know there's you know there's very di different networking groups out there, and uh, you know ways that people are sort of creating their own communities coming together uh, outside of that. Yeah, that seems to be the common denominator: parallel structures, parallel economies parallel societies um yeah I, I don't know what else there is in terms of solutions and we got a couple minutes left three minutes to midnight you know and are, are you optimistic you know we're hearing i know you're out in australia your thoughts may be on the future of australia there, there's talk in the america and the u.s of civil war we've got uh potential world war three um on the horizon uh you know any, any uh further thoughts on the road ahead yeah i think i think australia what our biggest fear is they're trying to shut our energy down. You know, that's, that's a big thing here. And like, they don't even, I know it's happening in the U S as well. Like you can't even have a, they don't want you to have a gas stove if you're building a new house. And they were saying like, if you, if you take your old gas stove out, you can't put a new one in you have to put an electric. And I, I live in an area where our power was out for a week because we have a lot of eucalyptus trees and they fell on the uh, power lines. And that was, that saved us just having that gas stove where we could cook. At least we could cook, you know, cook food for a week without electricity. Um, so yeah, just crazy things like that. And I think with Australia, it hasn't really been a you know, strong economy. They closed down uh, automobile factories about ten years ago. So it's not manufacturing isn't that strong. So they're trying to build the economy through immigration now, which I think you know is not sustainable in the long run. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think I, that's a big challenge. Yeah. I've got a gas stove and I'm going to be holding on to it for <laughs> dear life. It's good to have both. You know, you want to have it. Exactly. You need a backup. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, you know, just, just, you know, coming out like that, it's very, um, you know, uh, it reminds me of like something in the Soviet Union, like making an edict, like you're not going to have this anymore. You know, we're, we're getting rid of this. There's no consultation. They don't ask people. It's just. They're, they're it, trying it, to get they're trying to take away our cars everything it's absolute insanity and uh you know your book um reminds me i interviewed ron paul last year and he said that we are modern day pamphleteering one thing that the enemy can't stand is hearing the truth and that is our greatest um weapon uh, a minute left any any final thought for us and if you want to tell us again uh where the best place to find you your projects and, and so forth okay yeah well I'm, I'm on linkedin i'm on facebook speaking for freedom a lot of uh you know, uh, Getter, Truth Social, uh, Instagram, just look up Speaking for Freedom or look at me, Michael Gladkoff, uh, doing a um, doing a short persuasion course. I do those constantly. Or So if you just connect with me or send me an email if you're interested on doing a, a short course, like a one-hour course, and I'll put you on the list. Um, just connect with me and I'll keep in touch, definitely. All right. Thanks for the thanks. To, you know, great uh, book again. Keep up the great work. I highly recommend it. Um, 
and we just gotta keep speaking truth to power you know what what else can we can what else can we do thanks for being on tnt thank you i really appreciated the opportunity to be here today all right uh the website again uh speakingforfreedom.com i'll be right back after the break